Welcome to One Decent Pastor, a weekly podcast of The Door located in Central Oregon, where three completely average guys join forces to make One Decent Pastor and to discuss, discover, and promote all things Bible. And we're live. <laughs> back, back to the old faithful. Back to the original. Hey, welcome. <laughs> and good morning. Uh, it sounds like we're having some some possible technical difficulties. So uh, our music has been gone. And then there's a possibility that somewhere in the middle of the podcast, we, we just start talking like another one of our other episodes. I think it's David the, it the same episode. It starts anyway, over. Anyway, <laughs> if there's weird things going on, let us know. Don't just let us sit out there and, you know. Right. Um, suffer and find out later that we're idiots because <laughs> help us out. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're working on that. So yes. yeah. if you notice anything weird, tell us. Yeah, please. Yeah. Right. Now that we got that out of the way. Yeah. yeah. Winter's back. Yeah. It's been snowing a bit. Yeah. So was, what was, was Pugsatani Phil right or wrong? I can't remember what Pugsatani. is. Pugsatani, I think. Pugsatani. Yeah, no. Not Pugsatani. There's no N. Punxsutawney. I don't know. Pun- oh, Punxsutawney. No, I thought I you, said, you said pugs. I don't know. No, no, no. Like I, dog, I know it's X. F- yeah, Pugsutawney. Right, there's an N. Punxsutawney Phil. I, I believe Was the, the groundhog right? I believe the little mongrel was correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, parts of California, well, even Utah now. But yeah, like I saw that. California, like the Eastern Sierras and stuff, Mammoth, all that. But these people don't know what to do. I saw 48 feet fell. 48? Yeah. Feet? Somewhere yeah. In, uh, at a mountain in California, yeah. 48 feet? I, mean, I don't even know Is how that, that's possible. Yeah, I think. Not I, 48 inches? No. Tahoe, Tahoe's <laughs> like 50 feet. I just saw it last night on yeah. a deal. It was, it's ridiculous, dude. It showed a couple <laughs> people that had stopped in the road yeah. to take a picture. <laughs> and it's just these walls that are so, like. That's insane. Like tall buildings on each side of them. Yeah. And it's like, how do you even plow that? Like where where does well, the snow go as you continue to yeah. plow it? They're finding people that didn't make it because of that very thing. They yeah. can't get out, even get out of their homes. I'm it's gnarly. So. Wow. Yeah. That's and it's falling here right now, but luckily not that heavy. Well, I had about three inches in my driveway this morning. Well, we, we are under winter storm warning. <coughs> yeah, we are. We might have eight to fifteen inches. Yeah, the warning says. No, it's not overnight. Did. Oh wow, that's usually on the like mountain, though, right? Three o'clock, no, above four thousand feet, which is us. Yeah, they, they are, said the know. mountain passes might get one to two feet. All right, so we'll we'll see. They're they're, they're not always right. I'm gonna have to turn on but, my snow thrower. Yeah, I hate but, doing uh, that. I think it start. The I hate plugging it in and pushing the button. That stinks. I <laughs> <laughs> don't even have to pull the cord. Wow. <laughs> no sir. Don't even have to choke it. First world problems we have. So, I'm just glad we don't have five or fifty feet. I know. That's, or five feet. Even. Yeah, five That's, feet would be wow. a nightmare. Yeah. Let alone fifty. Yeah. Yeah, I remember um, the one year we had like four feet down here. One one year, and our yeah. goats. This is when we had goats. <laughs> the kids were doing 4-H, and they were just walking, like, into the neighbor's yard because the fence, like, disappeared. No. Yeah. <laughs> they were just walking over the fence, you know? Yeah. So it was a challenge. Yeah. I remember, I think it was four, five years ago, we were talking about this yesterday, we got four feet overnight at the end of February. Yeah. And everything just shut down for, like, a week. That was gnarly. Yeah. That was the ice dam year. Yeah. Where everybody had water running into their homes. Mm. We had to run into the church here, too, which was not good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully spring is coming soon. I'm ready for it. Yeah. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Uh, we had a question that came in from a faithful listener. We did. Um, a, a somebody out of, an out-of-towner that's listening and uh, wow. had, had questions about communion. But we have out-of-towners that listen to us? Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like in Redmond. 
No, <laughs> this is somewhere, somewhere I think over in the maybe Salem He's in area. Yeah. No, yeah. He's over in the valley. Somebody you'd met. Yeah. At one point, and yeah. uh, probably told them about it, and they actually tuned in and listened. And if it's hey, the guy I'm thinking of, because I'm sorry, I'm horrible with faces and names together. You had a podcast, or you were doing. I, I think it might be the same guy. Anyway, I, I don't know. I think he appreciates reformed theology and robust theology, and had a question. He said about he was a theology nerd. Yeah. Had questions about some uh, communion questions. Yeah. And so we're going to tackle those questions. And he but knows that we're the experts and like the authority on communion. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like the more that I looked at this this week, the more I'm like. Like, I'm more confused about communion than I've ever been. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah. Well, now you tell me. Well, no, bro. We're going to be fine. <laughs> okay. I'm going to fake it. So we're going to get through All this. Right. Well, it is something that people have a lot of questions about, and we'll, we'll get to the, the couple of questions he had, but thought we'd kind of expand it and do a little more. So unless you guys have something else, we'll jump in. Let's, let's jump in. All right. Lord, help us. <laughs> uh, first off, uh, what is it? Communion. What is it? Well, you mean like the definition of the word or where it comes from? Well, you know, what, what's what, what, in regards to the church, what, what is it? It's basically the church's version of Passover, quite honestly. Yeah. So like when, when Jesus instituted it, they were celebrating Passover meal, which was the final plague, the one where Pharaoh actually let, let them go because uh, the Spirit of God came through and, and killed every, every uh, what, oldest child? Uh, mm-hmm in Egypt who didn't have blood on the doorpost. And so it was a commemoration once a year. You know, Passover meal was that that God um, basically uh, had mercy on them (laughs) and on their household and then also delivered them uh, to the promised land. And then Jesus chooses that night to make sure everyone knew what the new covenant is now, that there's a better blood on the doorpost and it's on the the doorpost of our hearts and it's done with his blood. And that's basically where... Yeah, so you got salvation for the people of God because a lamb was slain and because blood was shed. A better lamb. And so yep. you've got that in the Passover delivery. story, and then in the New Covenant, you, yep. you see the same thing. And the reason it's kind of interesting is when you think about what a non-Christian experiences or an unbeliever, communion's got to be a pretty weird thing to hear sure. about or to see happen in a church. Uh, well, in John I, 6, they thought so when Jesus started talking about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> even in the early church, they, they, they accused the, you know these Christians of cannibalism. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it sounds really weird to hear, you know, bodies being eaten and right. bloods being drank. Well, it's funny um, that he even says it. Like, like you, you almost, I read it this morning, you know, I was kind of looking at this, and I'm, I'm reading that in John 6, where I'm thinking, he didn't have to say it like this. Yeah. Like, he did this on purpose. Whoever eats my flesh, drinks <laughs> my blood. He was trying to make this yeah. as gnarly and offensive to these guys as possible. Yeah. And and yet it's true. It's a true metaphor. So. Yeah. But I think having the uh, the Old Testament Passover story, totally, it, we at least understand the parallel. Right, we totally. can connect um, the so dots. It's not just it's basically weird... the church's version of a better Passover. Yeah, it's yeah. a better Passover with a better lamb. Yep, and a better delivery, and a, and a better mercy, and like all of it. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's an ordinance or a sacrament as well. So it's or a means of grace. A means of grace. We yep. talked. Yeah, uh, or a symbol. Just kidding. That's or, what, we, uh, that's what we said during the baptism one. Yeah. So, yeah, two, two things have been given to the church by Jesus, communion and baptism. Uh, both of them, I, I would say, are um, an identification, a proclamation, and a participation. Uh, the, the, that's they, good. They, they, they include these three things, identification with the, the person and work of Jesus, what he did on our behalf, a proclamation. Um, in baptism, it's, you know, it's a proclamation that 
I'm a follower of Christ mm-hmm. in, in communion. Um, it's a proclamation of his what he's done until he comes. So it's a, it's a proclamation of the gospel. And then it's a participation. In what way is it a participation? And this is kind of where it gets, gets funky for people, I think. Right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, he's given those things to the church um, that we can participate in them and that we can. Uh, it, it's much more than this, but frequent reminders of the gospel as we participate uh, in those things. Yeah, let me read a verse, but I should have read that verse. But 1 Corinthians ten sixteen, the cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? So this is a biblical phrase, right. but when we think of participating in the work of Christ, that sounds a little, <laughs> that was a little odd. Right, and obviously I think that verse, I read that one this morning too, is, is speaking towards just the act of eating and drinking yeah. and, and acknowledging while you're eating and drinking mm-hmm. that— right this this thing that Christ has done. So yeah. it's not like we're adding something or working towards something or earning something. Yeah. We're just eating and drinking right. and knowing that this is why we're doing it right now. I think a lot of Christians yeah. have that mindset that they they're they're actually participating somehow in their sanctification and sure. their in their or their salvation in, in a way that you know they're adding to the work of Christ. Yeah. I think I think the, the word there participation actually means just identifying with. Yeah. Because if you look at the whole context it's talking about people that are still idol worshiping and in that sense, they're identifying with these idols. And so he, there's kind of a parallel with the people that are, were doing that at that time, right. with that word participating with. It just means you're identifying with Jesus when you do this, yeah. rather than with a false god. Right. So. That's good. And I think we'll get more into the participation, the why, why there's some question about what, yeah. how far that goes um, sure. as we go down. So uh, why do we do it? Well, he told yeah. us to, right? and because there's wine involved. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's later, Obviously, that's, we're gonna, that's one of the questions, so we're, we're going to talk about What's that. What's up so. with the grape juice? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll get there. Well, there is, there is a means of grace. There is, a, there is an active internal working of grace every time you, you center your mind and your heart on the gospel of Christ. And this is just another one of those opportunities to center your mind on the, on the person and work of Christ. Yeah. And so, like, um, it's, it's of complete benefit. <laughs> for us to to do so, yeah. Um, so I would say that's one reason why we do it. I mean, obvi- obviously, he commanded them to do it also, but the better reason is because it's actually good for us, right? Well, and I think when you have a right understanding of what the sacraments are, then there, there's a meaning that comes with totally. that when when we engage in the sacraments. Yep. Um, you know, to the to the unbeliever or even to the person who might not have a right understanding of what they are, um, you know, there, it's not a meaningful experience, if you will, for lack mm-hmm. of a better thing to call it, you know, there's, there's not much meaning to it. Mm-hmm. So, so it is important that we understand, you know, what they are so that the meaning comes so that when we do engage in these things, that it's, that it's not just an empty act. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I think there's a, there's an aspect in which we're remembering, commemorating the work of Christ, yeah. something we're supposed to do all the time. We yeah. try to be Christ centered and gospel centered in our preaching. We're always trying to put that front and center at the forefront and communion does that. It should do that. And, and so we're, we're, that's part of it. Right. We're celebrating the new covenant, which we, you know you already mentioned that that you know there's a better covenant. There's something better, a better Passover. So we're doing that as well. Um, what about the the idea of who we're doing it with, or, or that aspect of it? Well, that that I think is one of the biggest aspects yeah. of communion. In fact, it's in the word communion. When you yeah. think of the word, it's connected to it's you know it's it's directly related to like community. <laughs> And commune unity. Yes. Yeah. So it's it's not it, it's not an it's not really an individual or a secret act. It's it's meant to be an act um, within the assembly 
of believers. It's done Absolutely. together. This is the whole reason First Corinthians chapter 11 exists and Paul writes to them is because they're not doing it as a unit. They're not thinking about the people next to them. Correct. They're just thinking about themselves. So they might as well yeah. be at home doing it in their own home. So, like, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's meant to be a, a, a team sport. How do you feel about that? That would have been a good title. Can we give it a team sport? <laughs> have you ever seen it done at a wedding? How do you feel about that? I'm just going to ask you about that. I have seen it. Yeah. Which one? Yeah. Have you ever seen Weddings. it done at a wedding? A gun at a wedding? Have, have you ever seen oh, communion. the thing we're yeah, talking about? Like, I need to hang on. Let me. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> let me see if I can hear now. We live in I've Central not Oregon. seen a gun at a wedding yeah. for the record, but I did see a sword at a wedding once. Like, okay. both, like they were at <laughs> Scottish Heritage, and so they did this kind of sword tunnel, you know, where the, it was kind of cool. Huh. Anyway, I've never seen it. Communion done at a wedding. You've never seen. I've seen that before, and yeah. it's, uh, even family members. So hopefully they're not listening and offended. But very odd thing to me to do at a wedding. Mm. I agree because of what we just talked about. Mm. Yeah. Um, it, it, unless everybody's doing it, mm-hmm. but it's uh, begin again when you think about the celebration of the gospel and what it is, and only two people doing it. Um, again, I, I understand they're joining together in union. Yeah, mm-hmm. I understand that, but that's not really what communion is. Right. Um, so yeah, yeah, kind of agreed. <laughs> anyway, sorry, didn't mean to go there. <laughs> uh, another thing it does is it proclaims the Lord's death till He comes. We we, we talked about that a little bit, but uh, but it, and then it looks forward to something else. So there was a guy I read, and he was talking about how it looks back, uh, it looks around, it looks up. And it looks forward. I thought that was kind of cool. It's yeah. like, it's you know, there's all these different places we look. You know, mm-hmm. looking back at what he did, looking around the room, discerning the body, like you talked about, looking up at, you know, worship to God, and then looking forward to a time when we yeah. will do this like again in the kingdom. I knew. I knew, yeah. So so that's kind of all the, the reasons we do it. I, I can't remember who it was that I read once, but somebody used the analogy that the sacraments are like the big E mm. on the eye chart. Like, mm-hmm. you just can't miss them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, as long as you understand what they are, but it's just it's something that you can't miss when the church engages in them. And that's yeah. part of the challenge, isn't it? Is because you've got, I mean, some people think there's more, but you've got basically these two primary sacraments that have been given to the church. And it's one of the reasons why none of the churches are unified. <laughs> it's because they disagree on what the right. sacraments are and how to do them. And it's like, that's a bummer. It's like an irony. Yeah. Like, here's the two big E's on the eye chart, and we can't, like, agree on them, you know? Yeah. It's lame. Well, and so I would say, um, Sorry, kind of, kind say of that? I didn't lame. Yes. What's happening in the, in the church not getting along is absolutely lame. Okay. I think. Why couldn't you say that? I don't because know. Because it might not be politically. Oh, right. I don't know. <laughs> it's handicapped. Someone, I'm sorry. I don't if think someone is. That. Well, didn't mean it that way. Right in and tell us. Okay. Um, so, so there's some things that I think you just touched on this in regards to Christians and what we do <clears throat> with communion and baptism, and we have a tendency to make them everything or to make them nothing at all. And I think churches are kind of, um, those are kind of the extremes we see. I, sure. I don't know if, if you guys want to comment on that. or. Well, I think a lot it? of it, yeah. just like I just said, I think a lot of it just has to do with your doctrine of those things. You know, if you, depending on how you approach baptism and what you believe about it and how you approach communion and what you believe about it is going to determine how big it is in right. your midst or how small it is in your midst or how often it's done in your midst or how often it's ignored. Right. So... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've all, you know, like, <clears throat> maybe you guys did this too, but, like, I think back to my youth pastor days and, you know, doing baptisms at youth camps. Um, and I think, you know, if, if you know, the me of today might might do that differently than, you know, the me of, you know, 15 or 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. As cool as those times were and as meaningful as they were, um, you know, it just seems like it would have been better to do those baptisms with the gathered church. Yeah. You know? Right. Sure. Yeah. 
Well, so let's just look at 1 Corinthians 11 since it's uh, kind of the quintessential passage that's normally even read in churches when communion is taken, even though that's not necessarily our practice here. But 1 Corinthians um, 11 and verse 23, uh, this is Paul. um, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So that's the bread. Um, you know, it's a symbol of his broken body on our behalf. Uh, and then it says in the same way, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. I'll stop there for a sec and just say, uh, you know, these are the elements. These are, these are what we put out there. Um, you know, there's some differences in the way churches do them, and we're mm-hmm. going to kind of get into that now and talk about it. He goes on to the next section that says, you know, this is another one that I, I would say uh, we'll talk about now. But whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty yeah. of uh, concerning the body and blood of Christ. Which is, which is so, why we should have read the first part of this chapter or well, this section. We'll refer to with it. With that, that part. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, it says, you know, um, you, you know, you have to examine yourself and so forth. And so that we'll, we'll get into that here in a minute, but, um, but the bread and the cup are the essentials. Um, people argue over some of these things as far as, you know, what, what kind of bread and what kind of, you know, the, the cup. Can I, I can I even ask you this right now? Both sure. of you, do you even think we're actually even doing communion the way we do it? Well, that's what's going to, yeah. <laughs> in the practice stuff, we were going to talk about that, but that's, we'll talk about that. I mean, to, yeah. that's all I can think of. The more that I looked at this this week and studied this and I'm just looking at, um, kind of the essence of it, like the heart of it and what it was that they were doing. It's like, we don't even do this. Like we don't even, we don't even do it the way that they did it. And, um, and so it's like, okay, does that count? Um, I'll just be straight honest. I feel, I feel a lot of times when we do communion, which is once a month, we'll probably talk about that too. Yeah. Um, I don't feel like it's as special. I don't feel like it's as much of a mountaintop as it should be because we're so gospel centered in what we're already uh-huh. proclaiming when we open our Bibles. And then I'm coming and getting this little thing that is so dumb and unsatisfactory. Like it's so unsatisfactory. It's just this drop. Are you sure it's thing. not because you're not putting enough emphasis on the present? It's probably because I'm not <laughs> examining myself <laughs> enough and, and I haven't worthied up enough, but, but like it, it's, it's, so let me get this it's straight. so cheap. When you, when you get an oyster cracker and a thimble full of grape juice, you're not satisfied? I want, I'm shocked I want, about that. I want 20 <laughs> more oyster crackers after I have the one, and, and I want like a pint glass of grape juice. So there is a— And we probably shouldn't even drink grape juice. I mean, well, we'll talk we'll, about we'll that. We'll get yeah. there. But, but if you look at the early church, the idea of when they would get together and break bread um, and, and the way they would do communion, it certainly looks like a meal was taking place. Absolutely. Every uh, time. Because, because if people—if if the rich were coming or people were getting there early and eating more than their fair share or drinking more than their fair share, I don't think there was somebody gathered around a metal tray right. just, pounding, just pounding down, you know, right. one after another. <laughs> now, I did <laughs> used to do this. Me and, me and two little hoodlum buddies when we were super young in my parents' church, sometimes there would be a potluck after church. And they would vacate. They would go to the fellowship hall and empty out the sanctuary, and all the lights would go off. And we would sneak into the sanctuary. It was like the coolest thing to be in there when the lights were off and no, nothing was going on. And we would like we would like soldier style like crawl up under the pews <laughs> to the front and get behind Brad. the do this to, in remembrance of me table mm-hmm. and like just gorge 
uh, like taking all the juice we could and taking all the bread we could and you know what I mean? And you, that was better. You might have been yeah. eating and drinking judgment it upon It might yourself. have been real communion, too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. You weren't with the body. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're here today, and you're a pastor, so maybe that. Yeah, cause maybe this, it was real communion. I mean, chapter 11 ends with that, right? Like, God's going to take believers out. He's going to judge them yeah. so that they're not ultimately judged. I mean, if they keep, you know. So yeah. I'm, I'm glad so, I've so been taken out. Maybe you're okay. I'm, I'm here. I'm with you. Yeah, I, I think it's safe to say that um, it, it was a meal. Uh, yeah. It was it was possible yeah. to eat too much and drink too much without, you know, <laughs> drinking yep. 20, 30 little tiny cups of juice. Yep. And so uh, we're not doing it that way. No. And, I, and I, I don't even know why that changed. I think sometimes because we're not in homes, it's much more practical to do it the way we Isn't do it. Isn't it logistics? Like you, yeah, yeah, probably logistics. so, yeah. Like the American church especially, like we're into big churches. Yeah. We're into growing up instead of out. And the more you do that, you, you just you, it's just not practical to eat together. You can't yeah. do it. So I know <laughs> what we can do. We can do this and call it a meal. Well, and even at the point now where they, 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 people are making money on these little lunchable communionables, I call them, where you've got right. the juice and the, the, you know, the piece of little dry, stale bread. I blew it Sunday, did I tell you? <laughs> I completely blew it. I, I gave communion at a different church with my dad. It's a church I'm not used to. And so I went out and gave communion, and I didn't know that they had the – I mean, how small does that piece of bread have to be if it, like, sits underneath the little grape juice cup? Well, they use those little flimsy cups. We use shot glass cups. Okay. Ours, are, ours are a little bit more sturdy and <laughs> no. get more juice in them. And I'm sorry, they are jello shot cups. But okay. but uh, they use those really breakable – those simple, the ones you yeah, can yeah. just – if you touch them too much, they just crack. I didn't know it was there. And they were double-stacked bread – Another, and then you put another cup, and then you put the juice on top. So David thought he only handed out the, the so juice. So after communion's done, and my whole side, so he takes one side of the sanctuary, they come to him, and then the other side of the sanctuary comes to me. So his side, like I'm seeing him like take the bread and the cup, and I'm going, oh my gosh, I just gave my side like the cup, you know. So so when he's done, I'm like, I'm so sorry, I ripped you guys off. Let me find the bread, and they're all like, what are you dumb? Like it's it's underneath the juice, you know. Like the whole thing was just a anyway a disaster. There's another reason, by the way, that we do communion right now is dumb <laughs> i wish i could have been there for that dude it was silly i would think if the early church could see us do it the way we do it today they would be scratching their heads going, right. what are they what are they doing they what, what have they done with yeah. this? so this is what we were martyred for <laughs> <laughs> well, come on guys <laughs> that's all the jesus they get what a so, bummer. so uh, we talked about how different churches do it different ways um obviously uh i don't know of any that actually do a full meal but i'm sure there are some out there that uh, we've tried to do it in the past and it's always been awkward because people don't know what to do with it. Right. Like you always want to have this time where you stop and make it something different or yeah. more special or more unique or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if they did that in the early church, if there was a point where they stopped and read 1 Corinthians 11 no. together or if it was just, you know, somehow it needs to remember the Lord's death. Well, it seems like when Paul says it here and then quotes what he quotes in 1 Corinthians 11 that he was saying, this is how I showed you to do it. So you almost get the impression that he did for lack of a better term, train them yeah. in their communion time with this quote. But like when I went to, um, I went to like all the, you guys probably did too. I went to all three go- synoptic gospels today to look at each account. And each account says like they were already eating <laughs> right? when Jesus at one point stops yeah. and grabs the bread. And then like... Well, while they were reclining at table? Yes. At table. At table. And then, <laughs> and then blesses it. Right, and then they go on eating and then grabs the cup. So they're already in the midst of a meal. Right. And this thing happens like mid-meal or toward the end of the meal even. So I don't I don't know. But there came a point where it became about that. Yeah. And not just, you know. Sure. Uh, and that's the part that I think we don't know 
I don't know. The times we've tried to do it that way, it's been a little awkward. Not so much when we used to do it, but way back when at Bible study. But we tried to do it at a family camp one time, and nobody knew what to do, yeah. when to eat it. Are we waiting? Are we, you, yeah. know, it, it, we, we need, you know, we could fine-tune it, I'm sure. sure. But, uh, as far as the way other churches do it, um, what are some of the distinctions? Um, uh, the, the first one I was going to talk about was uh, presence. Uh, mm-hmm. The presence of Christ in the meal. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are what are the extremes or what are the the options there that we see? So I, I I'll just start by saying I love the idea of that. I love the idea of the presence of Christ. My problem is that once again, looking at everything I could look at in the Bible again today, I have no idea where people find that. I have no idea where they look at any example of communion that we have, even the original one given by Jesus. And what he says, and there's there's no hint that Jesus is somehow gonna reappear. This is a this is a remembrance thing. This is something he's saying. Just a, just a your, memorial. Well, if if you look at the examples, that's all I see. I, I wouldn't call it that. The Bible doesn't use the word memorial, but he's he's saying this is to put into your mind again for you to to think about and, and consider and remember what I did. Yeah. That like, and there's nothing more. I'd like there to be more. So, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't think I disagree with that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, so the, there's extremes to this. There's levels to this idea. Yeah, there um, are. The Roman Catholic Church uh, performs what's called transubstantiation. Yep. And, and this is, it's really, the idea of this word is changing of one substance into another. So yeah, they transforms. Take, they take yeah. a, a piece of bread and a, and a cup of wine or a cup of juice, and they literally transform those mm-hmm. things through their ceremony into the actual body and blood yeah. of Christ. So he is physically present in the meal. And, and this is uh, this has got some issues, you know, because one, it, you know, the, the reformers had a hard time with it, right. um, and they, they changed it up some. But but to me, they're basically, in some sense, on some sense are re-crucifying right. Jesus yeah. every week through the ceremony that they do. Most Catholics, I don't even think, realize that that's what's going on. Sure. Even the crucifix itself, you know, you see Jesus on the cross. Sure. Um, every week, they bring him back to recreate the sacrifice. Well, it's, fu- so, it's funny how we like to be literal in those texts where Jesus says that, this is my body, this is my blood. Because yeah. when he instituted that, we can't, we can't go literal with it because he had not yet been crucified. Right. He's sitting in front of them. Yeah. His blood's intact. His body's intact. So they knew that it wasn't literally his body. He, right. They knew he wasn't saying that, right? So I, I don't, it's yeah. a stretch in multiple ways. Well, the, the, it, it kind of, uh, to me, the, the way the Roman Catholics view it, it would undermine the finality and the sufficiency of Jesus' yeah, work at absolutely. the cross. And so that's the kind of problem with that. Plus, you've got the, him physically ascended to the Father. And now, so he's in a physical body. And, and now you're saying, now we bring him back physically down here. It, it gets yeah. weird. There's some odd things about it. Um, not a fan of transubstantiation. I grew up Roman Catholic. I would deny that. So even when you go, if you've ever been to one, they go through a, a weird ceremony beforehand. And then even when they put the little tray under your fa- you know, your mouth, when they when they give you the bread, that's because it's really Jesus now. Do they wipe your, your lip, your mouth? They wipe the cup. <laughs> oh, they wipe the between, cup, not your between, mouth. That no, would they be don't wipe your mouth. You can wipe your own mouth. Okay, good. It's a, it's a communal cup, which just people... Just leave yeah, it. That's, that's a whole other level of thing for me. But I'm surprised that you're not into the communal cup. Really, Chad? I'm, I'm being sarcastic. Yeah, no, it's an odd. I, Brent hates communion more than anybody else I've ever met. Communion, like not being communal. anything oh, that has being to do communal. with being communal people. No, that's not true. I like being around people. I just don't like being around large amounts of people. Brent? I don't know. Do you like being maybe not? <laughs> no, I do. I like being around you guys. We're having community. <laughs> okay, this is great. Yeah, as much as you like so. being around us, though, you're probably not going to drink from either one of our cups. 
You know, if, if it depends on the situation, I would think, you know, if we're, but no, I would try not to. I would yeah. actually maybe pour it into my mouth. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't want to be lipping your, your yeah. bottle. Yeah. Yep. Okay. We're getting off track, fellas. Yep. Uh, consubstantiation. Yep. What is this one? You guys. This I, one's I, a I, mystery. <laughs> so, so <laughs> we could try to explain it, but so, so Christ is kind of somehow mysteriously there with the elements. So it's not it's not that the elements are literally like like transubstantiation being being um, transformed into something else. Right. Um, consubstantiation is that he is present. They would I don't know if it's the over under. It is deal. Um, but but he is he is he is spiritually present with the elements. Spiritually present. Uh-huh. The, the words are in, <coughs> under. And through there you go, and the word con means with, so consubstantiation yeah, with, yeah. is with the substance. Sure. And this was primarily the Lutheran view, even though Luther wouldn't have used this term. In fairness, um, it's it's the Lutheran view, mm-hmm. and and we've gotten some flack over the way we do communion here because we're not. Um, and this is from you know a Lutheran sure who, who attends from, uh, it's from a guy it doesn't matter not not not, not calling him <laughs> out but because and we've tried to like sit down and understand this and it's been frustrating because it's like you know you could be doing more with this than you're doing but it's not clear what that is There's and that's never an that's the part that's really that's yeah. the part that's frustrating yeah, this it's is like what are we not doing it's that so we could much be of doing? a mystery that you can't be told <laughs> anything about it or you can't know anything about it and, and I'm not trying to. Yeah. Like this dude's a buddy, so he knows how we feel. Well, about I really—I'm not trying to like disrespect someone, but like that's how much of a mystery it is—is is that you can't actually know anything about it, right? Well, I respect yeah. the Lutherans. I respect Absolutely. their view. I respect the way they do things. For sure. So I really do seek to understand this. Yeah. Um, Luther was was, you know, trying to fix something the Roman Catholic Church was doing. For sure. So he was he was not down with that, and he was trying to do something different. For sure. But so it's not the same thing. But I don't fully understand exactly. Um, what it is or, or how to, how to, you well, know, and again, yeah, I, just like that. I did with transubstantiation or, um, yeah, um, I would do the same thing with consubstantiation, like with the information that we have <laughs> about communion, right. do we, do we see something like that? Even if it's a big mystery, do we see an idea of Christ spiritually being with the, the elements? I mean, and I, I, in more of a sense than in a special way. I do in the sense of the gathering, of yeah. the, 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 the group of believers coming together and I'm, doing it together. But we believe Christ is present in our midst right now. Uh, yeah. He's an omniscient God. He's, or yes. an, I'm sorry, omnipresent God yeah. well, and he's, omniscient. So he's everywhere. So we don't... He's the but, head of the But this is the idea of a special presence and, okay. and, and almost a special, like it does something special for us as well, which that's where, you know, we would kind of agree with that in some sense. But I don't, I don't know how far that goes either. Like, you right. know, he's, he's special in the meal because it's doing something. It's like an extra means of grace almost, or, right. or there's something special happening here um, that, that doesn't happen apart from that. Right. And that's the part, again, I don't understand, or right. I don't know what that is. Yeah. And right. yet I kind of want to understand it and I mean, at the end of the out. day, there's some mystery there that we're probably not going to fully solve. Yeah, the part. word mystery is not right. completely, like, invalid yeah. when it comes to yeah. the subject of communion, right? Right. But, but when everything about it, is a mystery so that right. nothing can be known about it. I, I do think we have some things we can know. <laughs> sure. About <it>. Yeah. <laughs> so let's go with those, you know? Yeah. Uh, another view would be, this would be kind of the large, largely Baptistic view or the, you know, if you're a Baptist is just, just straight up memorial. Yeah. That's what it is. It's, yeah. it's, um, <clears throat> that removes the mystery altogether. Yeah. 
you're just remembering what he did. Nothing maybe. special about either of these things. They're maybe, just they're maybe. just symbolic. Yeah. They're symbolic only. Because I don't know that people that that would believe that it's a memorial wouldn't say that they're that there's somewhat of a mystery to it as well. I bet some well, would. Would you think though that maybe the people that would say that that it's more of maybe lack of understanding than it is mystery? I don't know. Which, well, which maybe there's a fine line there. Yeah. But, I would say in the memorial view, they would say that Christ is always present with his people, but he's not um, specially present at the supper. There's no mystery as far as that goes. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's where, I mean, of course there's mystery involved in, in the work of Christ. Yeah, never, right. But as far as the supper goes, it's not to be, it's just symbolic. No, that, I totally hear what you're saying. Baptistic view might yeah. be, okay, maybe there is something more to this, but I don't get it, so we're just going to you know, call it. A that's what I'm saying. That's, it's just because they, they err on that side and yeah. they would be labeled as that doesn't mean that, that some of them don't realize that it's a, it's special sure. and they don't know how to define why it's right. special or right. how it's special. Yeah. yeah. So Luther, or I'm not sorry, Luther, sorry. If you're listening, Calvin, the other guy that we confused <laughs> with, um, he had a there was a reformed view that he he rejected consubstantiation, the Lutheran view, but he believed in a spiritual presence somehow, and and this is sometimes referred to as the reformed view, but um, he would say that uh, there is a no physical change to the bread and wine, um, but somehow Jesus is present spiritually in a special way, but not present physically, and that the Lutherans kind of say spiritually present, but they also, with the whole in, under, through thing, is there, it, it gets confusing. So this is pretty close to that, um, but a little different, and I don't honestly even understand the difference. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so Again, so, what's weird to me is, like, when you'll hear things like this, and you, I love Luther, I love Calvin, these guys yeah. are way smarter than I am. <laughs> like, I'll never even be a fraction of what they know biblically, you know, just their brains theologically, but you never see them, like, cite passages for statements like that. It's like, yeah. like are we, where <laughs> so are we That's a fair get, point. Right? Like, yeah. where where does that come from? So so I know it comes from tradition. I, I know that, and I know that Lutherans will oftentimes argue from that right. side. Right? Church history and early church history. So, but, but do you ever see these people, like, go to the source of that tradition, right? Scripturally. And, and yeah. it's just a, I don't know, it's a question I have. Yeah. And I'm not smart. I, I think it's a fair question. It's, it's just, I, I'd like to go to ground zero and see how the building was built. You know? Right. Well, I think we see an example in these in these different ways of doing it is people who do make it everything or make it nothing. Yep. And, and somehow we don't want to be guilty yeah. of doing. So we all either. play. We all play within there. We all <laughs> right. sit in there somewhere. Well, we don't want to do either of those extremes. Yeah. I would say. You know what? What the Roman Catholics are doing with it to me is is actually. Sure. I, I have a real problem with it. Yeah, I would sure. say it it really gets to the work of Christ not being good enough, and mm-hmm. I don't like that. Um, making it nothing. That's frustrating too, because sure. this is a this is an important thing. Just like Absolutely. baptism, it's linked to the work of Jesus in a way that we can't separate it. They're 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 part of the same work of Christ in that you know special way that we don't want to just pretend like it's no big deal, sure. right? So, um, but trying to figure out where we land exactly is is still tricky for me. So so, so let me put it this way: I yeah. I I personally, and I don't know if you guys want to share where you're at. I personally am okay. With, with falling more towards a, a memorial side of it, like a remembrance side of, that it is to remember right. what he's done and what he did it with, which was his blood and his body, until he eats of this, drinks of this again anew in the kingdom, which is exactly what he... I'm okay with with falling there strongly because that's what I do have in the Bible. Right. But, I, but I also believe there's there's a mysterious element to it. 
And maybe a means yeah. of grace that's present in that, yeah. you yeah. know, in a, in a yeah. special way. See, and that's that's the thing with baptism too. Again, the same thing, same problem with baptism. You make it everything, it saves you, or you make it nothing. You know, it's just just a you know kind of a symbol. It's just a formality we go through. Right. And there's something again in baptism that is it's more than that. Right. But I don't fully understand what that sure. is. Yeah. So sure. yeah, anyway, I'm, I'm down with all that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I know we're not being super helpful, um, but at least we're acknowledging. These, these are really important things to the church. Yeah, um, They're a big deal. They were a big deal to Christ. They should be a big deal to every Christian. But as far as how far we go with that and, and, and all that, I, I'm still trying to figure it out. Um, I know they don't save us, uh, but they certainly are linked to what does Yeah, in, in a very profound <clears throat> way. So, well, I think about, I mean, I, I grew up in the church and, you know, have, have had you know, communion in ver- you know, various forms and various ways over the years, being a part of different churches. And just at this point in my life, like it just means more to me than it used to mean because, you know, as time goes on, I have a greater understanding of the gospel and what Christ has done. Uh, and it, it's just more meaningful. Yeah. You know, it wasn't meaningful to me when I was 20. Well, then that kind of goes to the idea of, you know, that this idea of worthiness and, and church is very on that. And I don't want to go too far down this road because we're, we don't have a ton of time, but, <laughs> but the idea that, um, this meal matters, it's important to come with a cavalier attitude towards something that Christ did is, you know, we, we would never recommend that. Right. But then you've got other people that almost take it to the this extreme where you have to worthy up. And that's why we titled this the way, you know, worthy or not, here I come. You have to worthy up. You have to examine yourselves. You know, do I have any sin right now in my life? Do I have any reason yeah. why I can't approach this table? You've got to... That's like, what I grew up with. You've got exactly to worthy that. up before you walk up to the table. And if you can't do that, stay away from that table, you might die. If you're discerning that, that it's the, the body broken for you, the blood shed for you, yeah. which is why you're redeemed. You you can't come cavalier, right? And so this is this is actually what Paul is saying in the verse you wrote. Who, yeah. Whoever therefore eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of of um, not discerning the body and blood of the Lord. The whole point of that he's talking right. about is that you know what this table represents when you come. It's yeah. not that you're looking in yourself and knowing all the million ways you've fallen short, so get it ready. It's that you know what this table is that you're that you're approaching. Well, and that's and it's, that yeah. hard part with that is that yeah. as, as when we're up there you know, uh, doing a communion with the church, you try to make that clear, this table is for believers, yep. but you can't, can't. really... You can't determine. Well, that's a whole other subject because some people try to, right? Well, right? it's interesting. Yeah. To, right. It's they an interesting conversation to see what other ch- churches yeah. do with the fences they build or the fences they right. don't build. And this is and the reason why, because you can't determine who you know, a child coming up, for instance. Yeah. You know, you got a five-year-old coming up with his mom and dad. Yeah. That's taking communion that has no idea. Yep. The depths of you know, not, not that we fully understand the depths of what Christ has done for us, but I mean, you know, again, knowing what this represents fully, and yep. or not, I keep saying fully. Right. Not fully, right. but. A good understanding of it, and, yeah. and a, a child may not. Yeah, and so do you. You know, what do you sure. do there? Or you might have an unbeliever that just walks up. I mean, I've got a weird view, view on that. Uh, you guys are like, yeah. really? You got a weird view on something communion? <laughs> like, I, I actually don't think like it. It's that big of a deal for the blue. Like, they're not. They're already lost. There's already a damnation. They're just right. drinking. Like, it, it's meaningless. Like, more what I see here is the manner in which believers are coming to the table. That's sure. really where the warnings are in 1 Corinthians 11. Like, you who do know the Lord and who have been bought by him, it, it matters yeah. that you know what this table is and what it isn't. Yeah. So, I mean, for so, the unbeliever, it's just grape juice and a cracker. Or their, their judgment is, right? is already, it is. it's already a judgment, right? I even think of, um, you know, one of the weirdest things to me is, is the Lord's Supper. And one of the 12 guys that are sitting there is the devil. <laughs> and he gives, and he, 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 he participates. Yeah. 
in the first yeah. communion with Jesus. Jesus knew. And, and it didn't change any. Like, he is what he is, right? And right. so who was it for? Well, it was, it was for the other 11. But Jesus didn't fence it. Say, like, Judas, why don't you step out for a minute while I do this thing? You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> like, it, he, <laughs> he just does it. So it's, anyway. It's hard to fence it. <clears throat> for us to have that responsibility is, is I mean, how do you even know? You yeah, know, You can sure. sit down and really we just can't. grill somebody every time before right. they take the bread. You're in, you're, you're out. Yeah, you're it, it would be tricky to do. But churches try to do that. That's why they have it sometimes when it's only members of the church or, you know, in an evening service. There's different ways people try to do this. Um, you know, some will only will say unless you're actually a member of the church, right. you've gone through a formal membership and signed on, you know, that kind of thing. You can't take communion. Sure. Uh, and that's that's the reason for it. Yeah, my grandma, I think I've told you guys this before, my grandma Ruby, um, all the years that she would come up and stay with us and go to church with us while she was up here, never once took communion with me. And I'd be like, Grandma, why aren't you taking communion with me? And she was like, she was Presbyterian. She was a right. long line of, pre- <clears throat> and her particular branch of Presbyterianism was that you had to become a member in a local body, right, and then yeah. you could only be administered and receive communion as a result of that local body, body where your membership is. And she she like held on to that. She was fearful that anything else would be an unworthy matter. Right. <laughs> and so I never got to like take communion with my grandma. It's like this stinks. I told her that like every time I'd I'd badger her, and I'd be like, this stinks. That you and I can't do this together, you know. And again, that, that is so misses the point of communion. It, and, and, right. it misses, and, yeah, it misses the point. It does. Um, the other one that we won't go into much, but uh, who admit who could administer communion is another thing that churches differ over. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it right. has to be um, only the pastor, only the elders can do it. Um, uh, again, I think this is a, a, trying to go back to the making sure people are discerning the body and the blood properly and make, you know, that kind of thing. But, um, yeah, you know, that's again, I, I can't kind of, when I was a young believer of our first church was OPC, it was Dan Dillard's church, the Orthodox Presbyterian church. And that was one of their rules. Yeah. Um, was that it had, it had, it had to be a, a pastor and an, an elder. And if a pastor or an elder wasn't present that day or at that gathering or whatever, like you did not, you did not even think about doing communion. Right. So, yeah, I, I get why, um, but I don't. We don't. We don't necessarily practice that. We've done it in a Bible study format before, where we've, yeah. we've uh, remembered the Lord's death in, in a communion setting or in a, in a meal setting, and it's been a beautiful time of worship. And well, what's interesting so, about even yeah. this text, like First Corinthians eleven, is this is a mess. Like it seems like this is a mess, and like it's a pattern of being a mess when they come together to do right. it. And you don't ever see him speak to an elder or or say, "You, you guys need to stop and tell." Like you, you don't see any of that kind of fencing. He's just yeah. saying, you guys who are approaching this wrong, stop. <laughs> like, that's it. <laughs> right. That's what he does, you know? Yeah, you so. do see the church gathered beyond that. You yes. don't You don't. You would assume you don't. that there were there were probably elders there. Right, and, but yeah. you do see a, yeah. a, the, the, the church gathered, and, mm-hmm. and that's, you know, that's about the, yeah. you know, what, we're, what we're given. Right. Well, we're never going to get to the two questions that uh, Sorry. Justin had. Well, no, that's all right. Now. Yeah, no, the it? two is uh, the frequency. I, well, yeah, I, know, I don't know how. I look down and I'm like, oh, wow. Have we really yeah, just been? We're in the home stretch here. <laughs> <laughs> we're just going. This is going to be a special two-hour episode. Frequency. How often should we do communion? This is another one that's As debated. often as you do it. That, <laughs> as often as often. you eat this wait, bread wait, wait, and drink yeah. this cup. Can, can I take it a step farther? As often as you do what? It meaning what? <laughs> right? It, right. It really comes down to how you interpret what Jesus meant. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. So does that mean eat? Come together to eat? Which is probably safe. Like, yeah, they're, they're coming together and they're eating a meal. So as often as you come together and eat a meal, why don't, why don't you include this, right? right? Or some people could th- say, Pat, once a year, Passover. Like, right. it was a Passover meal. Now, that wouldn't help... The Corinthians, who weren't Jews, and we're obviously doing this regularly, sure. so maybe not. But like, 
as often as you come together to eat, I would say. There's a couple of clues that we get, like Acts 20, verse 7 says, on the first day of the week when we were gathered together to break bread, Paul talked. So it sounds like that was a normal thing. But Acts 3 tells us the church was doing it breaking bread daily. Daily. Yep, they devoted themselves daily to the apostles' teaching, breaking of bread and so forth. Uh, 1 Corinthians 11, 20, when you come together, is it not the Lord's Supper that you eat? You get the idea that when they got together. So they thought it was that kind of a gathering that was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you were breaking bread... Then that would make sense, right? As yeah. often as you eat together, yeah. do this in remembrance. So we're not really given the answer. Nope. Um, what are the What are the concerns as far as frequency that we hear? Well, well, that you do it too much or not enough, <laughs> and you know, if, if you do it too much, does it become meaningless? Yeah, mundane, right? And, mundane yeah. routine, right? Um, you know, and if you do it not enough, like, are you are you in sin because you're not recognizing something that Christ tells us to recognize? Yeah, with frequency, we do it once a month. It's probably not enough. <laughs> I don't even believe we do it. I'm not even going to go. Again, there. We don't have time. And again, we're not. Yeah, we're probably not. You know doing what it. would be rad is once a month. I was thinking about this yesterday. Again, a little too radical. Never going to happen. Is you <laughs> you take one service, one entire Sunday service a month, and it is a communion service where everybody brings in food, and it is a different kind of service that is just focused on a meal, right? And communion, like real communion. Like that's the only way I think it could work is if you if you dedicate that whole that whole time of the assembly together to coming for that purpose and buying mm. into that and bringing for that, that would be actually rad. What kind of bread are we talking about, David? <laughs> well, unleavened, want, unleavened aren't we going to talk about, well, should it be wine? Because <laughs> yeah. that'll come up too. That, that, was, that right? was the next yeah. question, but first the bread. Because I remember this one lady used to bring this braided, delicious garlic bread. It was I so mean, good. Yeah. You just but it, it, it felt a little <laughs> weird to bust off a piece because yeah. it was really cheesy, garlicky, good bread. But don't you think yeah. they were eating <laughs> bread eating that bread. they thought was good? I, Especially used a, to, a Passover I've meal? I've come a long way since the, the, the Roman Catholic wafer that if you yeah. set it on your tongue, it just kind of dissolves. Yeah. I don't even know what it is. It's supposed to be like yeah. manna. Where did it go? Yeah. Yeah. You don't even have to swallow. <laughs> what is it? Like, what <laughs> yeah. Just a vapor. And now we're, you know, we've had bread. We've had oyster crackers. We've done different things. But again, none of them are, you know, the work of Christ and what he's done for us is it's satisfying yep. Yep. when yeah. you think of it you think of the word satisfying and what we have is just about as unsatisfying well, the, the entire thing yeah. is an ingestion right yeah this is where we get this is what we get yeah. in john six unless you ingest my flesh and like take me in yeah. like actually swallow yeah. me and take me in so we're it's the same thing with food and, that, and so it's no surprise why he ends up instituting it as they're physically ingesting something which their body needs, and their body yeah. knows it once it goes in. Like, oh, I'm satisfied. That's what Christ does for us spiritually. That's what he does for the world spiritually is he satisfies us. Yeah. So let's not do something that's not satisfying. That's, I guess, one of the biggest sure. problems with how we do what we do, man. <laughs> yeah. is it it's is like this is, so, this is such a bad representation. Honestly, this yeah. is such a bad representation, this little thing and this little thing. Like, what are we doing? All right. Okay. What's up with the grape? What's up with the grape? Juice? I knew I was going to get on a soapbox or two today. Yeah, so. that's all right. <laughs> so the other question that uh, that he had was, "What's up with the grape juice?" There's a lot of people that think wine is the the dealioe. Well, I think yeah. I think it is. No, I mean that <laughs> yeah. it's a sin if, if, you, you, don't, if you don't do wine. I've heard that yeah. from several so people. I was surprised to look into this and find, you know, because Welch's grape juice is the standard of grape juice right. for forever, as Can, far as I know. Do you believe that's fruit of the vine or not? That it's Welch's grape juice? Just grape juice. So there's a story with Welch's oh, grape Oh, no, yeah. This is okay. the, I've no, heard the over story. the years, but I don't know if it's true. But no, it's it true. Is. It is true. No, it came about in eighteen in yep. 1860 uh, for somewhere in there. Uh, there was the Methodist. They had a general conference, Methodist Episcopal Church. Um, basically, um, 
they were part of the temperance committee. Alcohol was deemed terrible for people, sinful. You needed to stay away from it. And so, so they were they, fundamentalists. So they, they were fundamentalists, <laughs> and, uh, they, but they still wanted to use the pure juice of the grape. And so this dude Welch, who was a dentist, he was a lot of different things, but he was a dentist at the time. This was after Louis Pasteur had just been working on pasteurization. He found a way to take the grapes and make a, a, a you know grape juice that wouldn't ferment. So it was always grape juice. It just fermented because they didn't have the ability to not you know to keep it too long. So the question of how alcoholic it was and stuff like that, or how diluted you you know that that was people debate that. But he came up with a way to make unfermented. <clears throat> wine mm-hmm. and they started using it and it caught on mm-hmm. um, to where they you know the whole company welch's grape juice and what it's become today started as a way to get alcohol so then the word got out to all the, the other wine. fundamentalists across yeah. the globe <laughs> and boom it just exploded you got welch's yeah that's what happened yeah so somewhere in the 1860s it switched from wine which was the normal thing that they've been doing up until that point because you know, it's just the way it was to grape juice. And now today we use grape juice and it's kind of weird mm-hmm. and it's always felt wrong to me, mm-hmm. but why do, you, do we, do why you do believe we... it's sinful wrong for churches to not use wine for communion? No, I think that stuff Brian Thompson brought that one time was wrong. <laughs> what was it? I don't know. He brought this pink, he forgot to buy grape juice. And at the last minute he just grabbed some kind of sports drink oh, out of yeah, the fridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it was pink. Yeah. Don't use Gatorade. Yeah, it was, like it was messed up. Purple Gatorade yeah. in communion. Yeah. I felt that was like Jeff Thanks wanted to, to tackle him. That's five hour sorry. energy. Don't use kombucha either. <laughs> I'm not coming back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go with sinful, but I think that, um, I don't know. Wine just seems like the right way to go. Yeah. I would prefer to do it that way. Why don't we do it that way? I guess is the question. Well, I think that's the easy part to answer is why we don't do it that way. Because there's other principles that we have in the Bible of not stumbling our brothers. Right. Um, Jesus is, when he instituted it, he's got 12 guys that he knows. Like this is, in my opinion, a controlled environment, and he knows each of these guys, and he knows where they're at. Um, wine was just a staple, too. Yeah. Um, so it, 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 um, in, in their culture, wine and bread. Bread was a staple of food. Wine was a staple of drink at meals. So that's why it's wine and bread, in my opinion. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's easy if you got people around you that, you know, are struggling and coming to the Lord and that there needs to be no temptation put in front of them that we, we do everything we can to not put one in front of them. So that, that kind of stinks for everybody else. But at the same time, that's what love is. That's what the church does. The Welch's story goes that after a communion service, a guy came over to his house that had had too much wine and it was kind of in a raucous mood. And and that was like the final straw for Welch. He's like, we're we're doing something about this. (laughs) So he, he'd, he'd had enough. Yeah. I've uh, seen churches before that have the option, you know, wine and, both. and grape juice yeah. option, probably yeah. for that very reason. Well, and then you've got kids, ki- kids in the, in the service, yep. and, you know, yeah. are we supposed to be giving kids wine and stuff? But sure. it, it was normal then in, in the sure. Jewish culture. That was, yeah. again, they weren't drinking. You know, drunkenness is always, always you know, called wrong, called sin in the Bible. There's right. never a time when it's not. Right. But the idea that you would just take, you know, have a little wine with your meal, yeah. it was a pretty normal thing for a long yeah. period of time. And even, even not stumbling... Your, your brother is a huge thing. Yep. Like, even in this letter. However, on the other side of it, I noticed that Paul here, with people that are coming and eating too much and getting drunk, right? he doesn't say, get rid get rid of the wine. No. Stop using wine. Like, he doesn't say that. Right. He, he rebukes the people that are abusing it. So there is that. <laughs> but don't you think that's what we've arrived at, what we have today? No, I no, People, totally. We don't want him to eat too much, so we're going to give him, totally. you know, yeah. a, a, a one-millimeter cracker yeah. and, a, and a thimble full of juice. That'll, that'll and take then, care of it. they won't be able to do, they won't yeah. be able to, you know, yeah. to mess things up and, and incur judgment upon themselves. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll fix that. That's our solution. I right? don't know. Yeah. yeah. Yep. 
Hmm. Well, I, I, I would all be, I would be all for, uh, bringing wine back in. I think that would be a cool thing, but I, I don't know. I know one time we had, uh, some grape juice that sat too long and, uh, some of the, some of the, the 12 step people came in and were like, do I have to turn my chips yeah. in? They had it, to it, change it, their clean date oh, no. yeah. after they, they, they it, took it, 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 it. You could see people just like going, Oh yeah. my gosh. You know, like I got to start from it wasn't, it again. wasn't fully gone, but it yeah. was starting to turn and you could tell yeah. it wasn't right. It had a little like, what's going on here? I'd be, I'm, I'm cool with the option thing too. Yeah, I, I like I, the I option. Do still, makes sense. I do still think that it can be too tempting. For somebody, if they know, oh, that inner circle is wine, and this outer circle is juice. Like, what keeps me right now from like, right. yeah. like I do, I do think you're still putting that thing in front of them. But I, I do think ultimately that is between them and God. Yeah, like you, you need to like Agreed. take care of your stuff. You know, uh, yeah. examine yourself yeah. when you yeah. come to the table. You know, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Like, you know. So I don't know. I, I would be fine with probably a, a both option. Yeah, and wine in an ideal world would be the ideal, in my opinion, sure. substance. Yeah. But final whatever. thoughts on, on, uh, the topic. It's a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> a magical mystery and, tour. And we're okay that there's yeah. mystery. Worthy or not, here I come. <laughs> yeah. That's what we titled it because, uh, I think when you think about what communion is, um, Christ is our worthiness and that table is the answer. Right? I come because I'm not worthy. Yeah. Right. And if we ever lose sight of that, yep. um, the table, I'm desperate for that table yeah. every time. Christ for us. Um, yep. And there's, you know, I remember as I've shared this before, but as an early Christian, I messed up one time. And and I thought, according to what the church was teaching, I couldn't have communion that day because I wasn't worthy to take it. Yep. Not knowing that this is this is my worthy, this is what makes me worthy. Yep. You know, so so we need to make sure that that's clear to, to the church. It's a, da- yeah. it's a dangerous yeah. It's a horrible doctrine how we've gotten there, and so many yeah. churches open the table that way with a man-focused approach and wording right. up. Um, I heard Piper yesterday talking about he went years ago to Germany to speak in a church, um, and he was at a communion service in this church of 10,000 people. And at that communion service, he counted 12 that came forward when they opened the table out of 10,000. Wow, and he went up to the pastor afterward, and he said, "What in the world is going on here?" Why aren't and he goes, "You need to understand that in this church, we come from a long tradition of a fear they're of coming to the get table, sick or die if, huh. they, if they don't if they're not worthy." We need to be careful, like like the table if well, is all about Jesus. Every yeah. one of us understands that we're not worthy. Um, yes. That's why, you know, if it's up to me to find worthiness, yes. you know, I hope everyone I can, understands I can never that. have. Yes. Well, I mean, everyone of yeah. I mean, all So of us me here. approaching the table in a worthy manner is yeah. knowing what that table yes. means. Right. That it is the yeah. body and blood of Christ for my worthiness. That's, that's what Paul's saying. Yeah. Well, and if there's a day where you just, you know, I mean, I've had a couple times in my life where I just thought, you know what, I got a bad attitude. I know I got a bad sure. attitude. Um, I just, you know, that would have been the right answer, but I, yeah. I just, you know, there's times when maybe you don't take it that, that day. Right. Um, but if know. there's, if there's, I, I mean, again, it just yeah. depends on, you know, where, where you're at, but yeah. I, if there's ever a time when you're feeling like, I know I'm a failure, I know I'm, you know, my sin is just, yeah. <clears throat> that's, when you know, need that's when you need it the most. You, yeah. you absolutely need you know? That is the remedy. Yes. <laughs> that, that is the yeah. prescription for, for the dude who is down on himself and condemned yes. in yep. his mind. That's the prescription. Yeah. So, like, I, I think it's okay. Like, sometimes it will spark maybe something that we've been loose on in our life, right? Right. Um, in that moment. Maybe that's part of the mystery of what goes on there with the Spirit at communion time. I don't know. And that's, that's fair game. Um, but the truth is, as believers, like, we should be repenting throughout the week. We should never right. be repenting of don't sins and, and examining <laughs> what kind of garbage we've been walking in. 
once a week or once a month when we come to the table. Once like a it year. makes no sense, right? <laughs> Every year, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, 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 so I, I think the examination that's to take place is that we know what we're coming to when we come. Yes, and absolutely. that's what Paul's calling them on. You guys aren't even discerning what this is. Right. You're just looking at it as a way to fill your belly and get drunk. Well, and even though it may be symbolic and just simply bread and wine, you're still understanding what this is linked to, what this is tied to, and the cost that Christ paid for this. If you're if you're thinking that way, you're you're not going to come. Well, and I and I believe the gospel being preached in the table will do its work. It's faithful to do its work in the believer. Yeah, the people who the table's for. It's faithful to do that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But it's about him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully that's helpful. I know we didn't answer all the questions, but uh, it's funny how um, something that is really just should be a standard thing that we understand and do in the church has become such a weird, complicated thing, unfortunately. But uh, and we, I don't even like the way we do it. And we're the guys who are kind of making the decision to do. Like we don't know. We're we're kind of at a at a loss of how to do this thing, and maybe we'll play around with it a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting to consider. Yeah. 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 All right. Awesome. When you guys want to pray us out. Come on, Chad. All right, let's do it. <clears throat> God, thanks for today. Um, thank you that you uh, have given us the sacraments to the church uh, as a means of mm-hmm. grace. And thank you that um, they recenter us and help us uh, to be reminded of and focus on uh, just the truth that's in the gospel message. And so just pray um, that as we move forward, that you would help us as a church um, to understand to greater degree um, the mystery uh, that is in the sacraments, specifically communion. Uh, and help us um, every time that we do gather to take communion, uh, first and foremost, to be uh, reminded that you are for us and what you have done for us. And we just ask it all in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, thanks for the questions. Yeah, thanks. Keep them coming Keep in. Them we, coming. we like it. Yep. Yeah. We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to One Decent Pastor. If you'd like more information about the church, go to our website at thedoor3r.org.